You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 22, The Call to Care, featuring Jody Farnham. This episode of Find the Good News is sponsored by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. Check out our work at parkerbrandup.com. Would you like to help make sure I'm asking my guests the really good questions? Just visit findthegood.news and click the questions tab. I'll see if I can get your question dropped in the fishbowl. Each episode, my guests will dive deep, select three random questions, and if yours is selected, I'll ask it on the show. That's findthegood.news. I've always found it hard to ignore the suffering and strife of my fellow man. And during the times in my life when I actually could stiffen my neck and avert my eyes, I've been filled with something that I can only call shame. I've been guilty of looking around the world, seeing people in difficult times, and like many I've said, somebody should do something about that, only to continue about the business of me. As it turns out, people are doing something, and they've been doing it in my hometown, Sulphur, Louisiana, for over 35 years. Jody Farnham, the director of Care Help in Sulphur, came to visit with me on Find the Good News and expanded my understanding of the extent to which care help serves individuals and families right here at home. To say my mind was blown would be putting it mildly. Care help is serving the less fortunate of sulfur in a capacity that is really hard to comprehend, especially considering the modest location where they operate. To the average passerby, CareHelp might appear to be a simple thrift store that rejuvenates, repairs, and resells donated goods to the public. What you find out if you push through the surface a bit further is that the funds received from those sales are transformed into care and help in the form of food, services, and resources for a growing number of needy right here in our area. Sometimes the difference between civility and despair is a matter of luck. Many of us, the lucky ones, don't know what it's like to be in dire straits, to really be at the mercy of human kindness and compassion. We know where our next meal is coming from, We can pay our bills, we have our health, our jobs are secure. We have friends, family, loved ones, neighbors, and coworkers that have helped us along the way, that care about us and would assist us in our hour of need. For some, that security, that safety net simply does not exist. And that is where the loving labor of care, help, and sulfur gets engaged. Jody is no stranger to struggles. She has been on the outside looking in. She's climbed peaks, and fallen into valleys. Her experiences have given her eyes free of judgment, allowing her to look on her neighbors with love, and the vision to lead the altruistic employees and volunteers that she surrounds herself with. She told me that if you look, if you're paying attention, then Christ will appear in your life every single day. For Jody, he often walks through the doors of care, help, and sulfur, needing food, clothes, or things to make his shelter, his life, a little more comfortable, a little more bearable. Care Help and Sulphur doesn't turn people away. Care Help and Sulphur turns the disregarded and leftovers into blessings. And the people they help often return the kindness by coming back to Care Help to serve others. Good news looks different to each of us depending on our lot in life. For many people in Sulphur, Louisiana, good news looks like Jody Farnham and a little facility called Care Help. Wake up, it's morning You're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going Cause you're laughing in your sleep On the path to your deliverance 
and a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives, discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. Strangely enough, I get a lot of people who come through this door uh, just for no reason. They, they don't know what they're looking for. And I've always I've always hated that I didn't like have a list of like, okay, here's ways that you can get some help. Right. And now with this show, that bugged me for a long time because other than just straight up going, well, come stay at my house. Right. right. Which, I mean, which that it's would, still that way. Yeah. You know. Right. I mean, you're still having to get people who are going to have, somebody's going to yeah. have to do it. And so, you know, I've always kind of had that itch. Like, okay, I, I know there's a network of of organizations There's and people somebody out there. doing something yeah and these people need that and i felt honestly ashamed that i didn't but you know they're still not they're still not a place they're no. still not a homeless shelter they're still not a there's just and it's just bigger than what we think it is i mean sure you know it's what everybody tells kelly you know why don't why don't you just use your church well because You'd be you full. can't just use the church too yeah what room at the end does is amazing though see i don't know all i know is what i read on their website and then i went to a baptism at um christ the king mm-hmm. is that what it's called christ mm-hmm. the king on oak park and so they talked about it there but it wasn't like a comprehensive so i didn't get a good picture right. but um just I have to a lot of the information I have to go online and just ask people about. Yeah. So yeah, ultimately I might even I've been thinking about this and I know this is probably duplication. Somebody out there's probably done it, but I'm thinking eventually, maybe this year, after we get a handle on what's happening with this show, um, I may devote a portion of the website to all of these services and nonprofits. That way there's like a page that just it seems like something's in right. one like you know river there right and that way some folks can go okay well look i have this need and that need and this need and i don't know where to start at least they can kind of put the pieces together yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it would help it's helping me i mean even like um there's some guys who come through here selling banana bread right and you know i've met people that they could they that are going, I'm going okay this guy's on the street but this is more than just homelessness he's got a drug problem right They'll come get them and give them. I mean, now granted, they got to go through the program, That's but I'm right. going, if it's an immediate need and this I mean, person's a life or really death. If you really want to change, right. you're going to get in the vehicle and go with them. And most of these guys, when they come through here, I've had three or four. We, I usually just, we just visit. And the stories they tell are end of your rope stories. I yep. mean, every one of them. It's true. Know. 
in the end so last last this is it sometimes they're it's could have been their last night on earth you know and these guys show up and I don't know. I just I'm a believer in that. I, I was reading some old notes the other night, and I, I had something I had wrote in meditation one day, and I was like, you know, Jesus shows up how he needs to show up. It's easy for us to try to make him away, you know, right? And, and sort of define that, but. So often the stories that really touch us are the times where we just can't comprehend it. We're like, right. okay, this is just against all odds. And then when you look back, you're like, that was a God moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we're already doing the show. <laughs> no, right. So Tom has been recommending that I get in touch with you. But I told him, I said, well, I've already actually been in a dialogue. And, uh, but I know that y'all got, it was right before y'all really, it seems like was y'all's busy season. If right. We call it that. But... I'm just going to tell you what I know of care help, and I want you to help me fill in okay. the gaps because I don't think I know a lot. I'm starting to learn that I don't know anything. You know, care help, as far as I know, has been around since I was a kid, and I'm 44 years old. 35 years. 35, okay. So, I mean, my first awareness would have been, I guess, when I was 10 or 11 years old, something like that. And in a very simplistic term i mean as a kid i thought well care help is like the salvation army that was my very boiling it down don't know anything and then uh i'll tell you when i my next awareness comes many 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 years later uh, i went through a divorce and i didn't take anything with me i you know had my clothes and some of my kids stuff but i didn't really have anything no didn't have a great job uh struggling to find a place to live but i did find something that i could afford with two kids you know and you know no furniture no pots and pans i mean the basics and the way i described it to somebody back then was uh imagine that your house caught on fire and you could take your dresser <laughs> so, so that was sort of what that felt like and so starting over was kind of difficult so during that time period there was like this sort of six to eight week time period where every every necessity of life was needed and i had very little to do it on and so care help was a huge help to me because i was able to put together a life you know things to cook with uh things for the bathroom things to sit on things to eat on table chairs you know get some garage sailing too you know because there were some things i couldn't find but for me that was a, a big eye opener and an awareness that hey this is a value for, for a person in a bind and maybe people that aren't necessarily in a bind but for me i was right. in a i'd call it a mild bind i mean i wasn't homeless like we were just talking about but i wasn't in a great situation so anyway, I guess fast forward to today, and I'm not in that same situation, but I know there are people who are. And I mean, that that's the spectrum between what I just described and I'm sure rock bottom. You probably see everything come through the doors, right? Everything, everything. So when you went, you paid for your stuff? Yeah, I paid. So we actually have people who come who can't pay. Okay. So, you know... 
we're two things, we're two entities, we're care help, but we're an assistance office and we're a thrift store. Okay. What do you mean an assistance office? So we have the largest food pantry on the west side of the Calcasieu River. Okay. Um, so really 35 years ago, a group of men saw there was a need in this community 35 years ago and they opened this little bitty building on city service highway i couldn't even tell you their names right now okay so they started collecting food and they would go i think they called them the mafia five really and they would put food on maybe um low income or single mom's doorsteps so they just knew they they, just they knew. knew where the need was well at. there were businessmen there was churches you know they went to church and so they they just knew there was a need so that's kind of how it started. Wow. And then it kind of kept growing. They started going to their churches saying, okay, now we need shoes. We need clothes. We need this. And the bigger it got, they realized they also needed an income. They needed to help pay electricity bills. Or maybe they needed to pay a mortgage Sure. back then, you know, to help yeah. some of these uh, hurting people. So that's how Care Help began. So they started collecting shoes and clothes and pots and pans and, and it just kept growing. So this thrift store emerged. Okay. And it would help those in need, but then they needed to generate funds. So they started also selling to the public. Okay. Okay. So that's where the transition so that's, that's where the transition came. Okay. So one can't operate without the other. The thrift store is gently used items that are donated to us from our community, Calcasieu Parish. Sure. We turn around, we cull through those clothes and clean it up, spruce it up, throw it away if it's broke, if it sure. doesn't work. I'm sure y'all get a lot of that a type lot. of stuff. We yeah. salvage clothes, you know, if it's a lot of cat hair or whatever, we don't have the facility to wash and, and yeah. dry it. And then we sell it. Gotcha. And as we sell those items, that's what helps us buy food, meat. Uh, eggs, milk, cheese, whatever we need. So y'all have perishable items? We like have perishable that? items. Really? We um we have a huge walk-in freezer. We have a walk-in cooler, which we just recently purchased. We used to live out of chest freezers, like uh, 12 of them. Really? Yeah. If electricity went out, we were in trouble. Yeah. Um, so now we have a walk-in freezer, and it's ran on a generator. So if electricity goes out, we're not going to lose our food. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I, I I wrote a few things down before we, before us meeting today, and one of them was food related because that that one kind of I was a little bit of a question mark for me because I went on y'all's Facebook page and I noticed that a few times I saw food deliveries and I thought, okay, I guess I don't fully understand. I think. Um, so I've been director for five and a half years. I, okay. All right. Okay. So. Um, you know, so I'm more into the social media and like we need to let the public be more aware of what care help is. Yeah. So used to it was very real volunteer driven. And as we get older, our volunteers are older and sure. there's not a new generation of volunteers coming up. So not many people remember about what care helps all about. I they see. They think we're a thrift store. Gotcha. So we don't, we don't, um, exploit our clients but it's good to tell their stories yeah because if you don't know that there's a need in our community how do you know to help right so that's that's how care help really came about you know the churches all came together 35 years ago all the churches in to suffer carlos area and said hey this will be the hub care help would be the hub so when somebody knocks on our door for help you know where we'll send them to care help that's really smart and, and you know it 
I'm not aware if maybe I'm wrong, but do other nonprofits function that way? Like as a hub? Not in our area. You know, yeah. I think more so it's gotten a little um, more wide known, you know, with social media, smartphones, there's more communication. Sure. Um, 35 years ago, I had to pick up a telephone. But that's still how some of the churches operate. They're, they'll send you to care help first. Yeah. If we can't help you, we call the church. The church calls us. Okay, why can't you help this person? And there may be other reasons why, um, or they don't really qualify. I got you. So maybe the church might say, hey, well, we can do half. Maybe care help can do the other half. That's how we help pay rent, pay somebody's yeah. electricity bill. So the thrift store generates funds, and we take those funds, and we put them back into our community through those who need help. So not only are we a food pantry, we also pay rent. We pay electricity, we pay gas, we pay water, we also pay gasoline, we pay for Twit cards. We so pay you're helping medical. people find jobs then in that yes. regard, I mean, helping them become self-sustainable. Yes. That's incredible. Yep. I mean, I had no idea. Uh, in, in just less than well, 10 minutes, I mean, I... If you walk in our thrift store, you would have no idea. Um, we moved our food pantry, our assistance office, two years ago. Okay. So it's not even on our property anymore. It's at another piece of property. I see. Just two blocks south of us. Oh, uh, yeah, because I've, I've drove by that building. Yeah. Um, I believe it's on the same street as ASAP Glass, That's right? right? That's right next door. Good friend of mine. That's yeah. right next door. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, I um, I was going to go by and meet you one day, and I went there, and I went, no, wait a second. So that's our assistance office. Okay. Because it got so big. Um, so I've been director five and a half years. When I first became director, now I used to volunteer there, and I used to be an employee there um, 10, 12 years ago. Really? I worked in the donation room. Really? I took in the donations. I never knew I was going to be the director one day. So um, what happened is just in five and a half years with the explosion of work here, mm -hmm. we also have a lot more hungry people here. People load up in their car and come here and then they can't afford rent and they can't find a job and they're hungry. Yeah. They need shelter. Um, they just need some sense of direction. They might need a bus ticket to get home. Their car broke down. So we've assist over 500 households. In Sulphur? Carlos? I mean, how does that? Yes. Is that everything west of the river? I mean, do you assist anybody? So we, we don't turn anybody away for food. Okay. The first time. After that, we try to tell you, okay, if you're in Westlake or Moss Bluff, this is where you go for food. Oh, okay. If you're Direct in Benton, this is where you're going to go for food, you know. So this is strictly Sulphur and Carlos. And it's 525 households a month that we assist. I feel, I said the word ashamed earlier, and I actually think that's probably accurate. Because like I said, do you know how many, I don't know how to tell you how many people I've visited with in here that have been in situations that I now know I could have directed them towards assistance. I mean, I was talking about this with somebody else on the show. I said, you know, the most assistance I can give sometimes is some sort of small temporary monetary relief um, and then ears. You know, sometimes it's just listening and finding out that that's another poverty, you know, that people aren't paid attention people to. People don't listen. No, that's we don't right. listen to people. We kind of, when someone's in a jam and we don't know them, it's just become less of our inclination to immediately go how can i help you that's right uh it's easy to go well that's your problem not mine and half listen and can't wait for it to end and then buy and i tried to break i've tried to break that cycle in myself and and as i in in trying to break it i see it more now i wish i'd have known 
um, because I, I I'm running through the list in my head, you know, and I wonder how many. I guess that's a question I really wanted to ask you too. Is you know I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to adjust the air condition and I'm going to sleep with my kids in their bed and it's going to be all peaceful and open the fridge and eat. I'm not going to struggle to get any of those things in doing that for too long. I think it sometimes creates like an apathy or maybe an illusion that everybody's fine. And so I wonder if you could just paint a picture for me and maybe whoever's listening to the show, like what you really see. Because it can't be the it can't be that illusion, surely. I, there's so many stories. There really is. There's so many stories. I'm just going to give you a story from today. Okay. Today. Today. Yesterday. Yesterday, I got a phone call right at closing time. Somebody needed some immediate assistance. They needed something to sleep on. And um, I'm like, well, look, we're already closed. Just come tomorrow. I need a driver's license. We just need proof of who you are and that you live here. And they had just gotten out of jail, so they've been incarcerated. Right. So they're automatically qualified, you know. So we're like, okay, get them first thing in the morning. Get them, get them to our assistance office. Um, you know, so people who have been incarcerated have a stigma. You know, everybody, oh, they've been in jail. Sure. And, you know, if they wouldn't have committed the crime. And sure. But everybody deserves a second chance. They need a third chance, a fourth chance. You just, who are we? I mean, yeah, I'm assuming I hate to jump in. Are you a Christian? Absolutely. Well, then that's that to me. The minute I say that, I have to assume that I'm going to have to look at the person that's outside of myself and say one chance, two chance, three right. chance, four chance, and just keep going because I I am asking for the same thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry to mean to derail no. you, but I mean I I'm hearing deep Christian that's right. ideology right because there. that's really that's how it's supposed to be. So um, he thinks he's coming for a couch. You know, he was going to live in a, a a shed. He so if he listens to the program, he knows who I'm talking about. But. Um, he came to visit with me. We gave him a couch, and the more we talked, we realized he needed a little bit more more help. Yeah, he was just asking for one thing, yeah, but there's a lot. Just something to sleep on. Yeah. And I told him, I said, if you don't ask, you don't receive. You just got to ask. So, microwave, a rug, because the cement floor is cold. He already had a heater, didn't need a heater. Got some food from our food pantry. I said, okay, well, how you, you got an icebox? Got an icebox. Do you have a way to cook it? Well, I have a microwave. Well, you can't cook meat in a microwave so because of donations so we found the electric skillet you know we had a hot plate we had the utensils sort of like your situation you paid for yours but he got his for free yeah and that's yeah see you're you're actually touching on something that again it gets very deeply christian to me and i might be wrong about the way i frame it but it's the kind of christian i kind of christianity that i have always been attracted to and it's just what you just said so you said i paid for mine he got his for free in our world today what i have seen happen is people go say that same thing you just said and they'll say well i paid for mine why why does he get his for free i followed the law and i'm not in that situation why do i got to pay for mine and he got he gets his for free and so that's a whole different tone and what the way you just said it, when you said it, I felt zero 
um, unfairness. Right. I didn't feel like it was unfair. Yeah, I paid for mine. He got his for free. Right. Okay. Now, that to me is where Christianity starts moving into a whole nother level. I think we can, I, I, I tend to think, I tend to see it get intermingled with society's justice and society's laws. And then we sort of shove our Christianity into that. And then we call it Christianity. But a lot of times it shakes out totally differently. It shakes away from all of the standards that we've kind of set. That's right. Of fairness and justice. Well, some people come to care help and they feel entitled. Mm. This was given to you, so why can't you give it to me? Yeah, I see. You know? Yeah, and it's right. The checks and and balances. What happens is it does, it can rub anybody wrong. Well, sure. We're people. Yeah. Well, that was given to you. Why can't it, why, why can't you just give it to me? Well, first of all, I need to make sure that there's a difference between a need and a want. Mm-hmm. And all this person asked for was a couch. Yeah. And he ain't a little person. Sure. You know, I'm like, well, let, let's see, we have a hideaway bed. Um, we didn't. So, you know, he ended up leaving with more than what he came seeking, mm-hmm. but not just a material neither, because we got to sit down and I really got to share with him that the only way, the only way to make better choices is to make sure that Jesus is on your side. You got to, because if you don't, you're not going to keep making the best choices. You're just not. You're not. And he's coming back Monday, you know, um, until maybe he goes to work. Maybe he'll keep coming here. Surround yourself around good people, positive people, people who's been where you've been. Yeah. That helps a lot. I've, that seems to be a recurring theme in the conversations I've had with this show is um, reaching out through your own pain or through your own experiences or hardships or whatever that is. Somehow those things are creating the the blessing for somebody else. And, you know, you don't want to look around and say, well, life's a bunch of hardship. But the but facts are facts. I mean, there's a lot of hardship in the world. Sure. And when you've been through something somebody else is going through, you you hope that it's created empathy and compassion in you to to look at them and, and go to, and to really see them. Yeah. See past the tattoos. Yeah. You know, or the dirty clothes. You know, yeah. or <laughs> or where you give somebody a ride and they smell so bad, you almost have to hang your head out the window. Yeah. But, but you, you know, you see them. You sure. listen to them. You want to hear them. So we don't just hand out a food box. We're not just paying a bill. We want to know why. Are you in the situation, and what can we do to help? So if you come to Care Help and you volunteer, you start meeting employees who have been in that situation, who ended up getting hard. They come to work for us, or they do go somewhere else and work, but they come back and they say, you fed me when I was hungry. You know, you clothed me when I needed clothes, or you visited me when I was in jail. So Care Help just really... For 35 years, that's what they've strived to do. I think it's fascinating to hear that no one really knows who started it, though. I mean, there's, well, a, there's sort they, of, I mean. If I, when I, so, you know, whenever I started reading all the board minutes, um, I just couldn't sit here and tell you. Oh, right. All yeah. Those it's not like in the names. public, you know. Yeah. Now, I've gone spoke at churches where, you know, older women um, in their 70s would say, my, brother's uncle was one of the first ones to help with this i can remember when i was a kid uh, a spokesperson for care help would come all the way to moss bluff to my little church and say we need for you to collect shoes 
you know, and that little church of Moss Bluff still supports care help to this day. And I smile at that. I think, wow, you know, they're yeah. still supporting care help since I was a little kid. And yeah. here I am, grown, married, and living software for the last 30 years, and they're still supporting care help. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't help but think, like I said, about that little period of time in my life where it was uh, an incredible asset. And just to know it was there. I mean, if it wouldn't have been there, I would have had a harder time. I mean, and some people don't realize that they can come shop at Care Help. You don't have to be poor. We need rich people to come shop at Care Help. Oh, I go shop there sometimes you know? too. Yeah, like I said, I really didn't know beyond the thrift store. Right. All the other ways it was and reaching people out. People don't. And and you know sometimes we think that's a bad thing because they don't really know. So we try to share about the food deliveries, how many people we help a month. Um, on our Facebook page just to let them know, hey, this is what your money or your donations do. They're really helping somebody in your community. Yeah. You know, I've had board members ask me, well, where's the homeless? Hmm. You know, where are the homeless? Well, some of our homeless in Sulphur actually aren't just living on, on the streets. They're living pillar to post. Right. They go to one house, to the next house, to the next house. Right. You're right. That's actually a good description of some of the folks I've visited with in here and, and little families, you know, with two kids, a wife and a husband. Yep. And I mean, just fell on hard times. Uh, I always say it's like a perpetual banana slip. You, you slip on a peel and you never catch your footing again. It just seems like it's That's one right. thing after the other. Well, so many people live one one paycheck, one paycheck away from homelessness. Mm hmm. Every week we see it. Yeah. I mean, this family here that I visited with, uh, they weren't from here, but um, I've stopped by. A few. In fact, uh, he comes by. If I'm not here, I'll leave me a note. One of his notes is hanging behind me back here because we have wonderful conversations, you know. He loves his children. He's trying to make the best out of a bad situation. But, you know, like you said, sleeping in sheds sometimes yep. or, you know, they can stay in a house for a month with a friend, but then they've got it and maybe they'll be in a hotel for a week. And it's just uh, I think there's just this assumption right off the bat with people like that is that, well, they must be doing something wrong. You know, and as I've visited with this individual over the, the last six or seven months, what I've come to discover is it's not it's all just luck of the draw. You know, his life situation was different than mine. We're roughly the same age, but I mean, it was just the parents he was born to and whatever they did and those circumstances. I mean, he's sort of, I hate to say a victim, and I don't mean like... I it's a poverty mentality for some people, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to break that cycle. It really is hard. And I'm happy. I know it. You've probably heard me mention filming videos, building websites, creating logos, or building brands on this podcast. Well, there's a good reason for that. I'm a brand builder, and my brand is Parker Brand Creative Services. My team and I have built countless brands in the Gulf Coast region, and a lot of our work in the travel and tourism industry is experienced across the country, and honestly, the whole world. We have our specialties, web, logo, package, and whole brand design, as well as video production and photography. But the reality is we function as a full service advertising agency to businesses that don't really mesh well with larger advertising agencies or just don't want to have in-house creative departments. But don't listen to what I say. Just go to our website, parkerbrandup.com and take a look at what we do. We're a show it, don't say it team. Okay, you should definitely say it too, but you know what I mean. That's parkerbrandup.com. We think sideways, we push forward, and we'll get your brand up. So take this, you 
You know, I'm blessed too. I, I don't live on the street. Um, I'm not hungry. I don't. I'm not food insecure. Yeah. I mean, when we're feeding 525 households, that's not people. These are homes that we're feeding. That's a lot of people for our community. Yeah, it really is. I'm actually surprised to hear that. That's a lot of people. That's a whole lot. And that's that's you know that's from single parents all the way up to our elderly. I mean, we assist a lot of elderly. We probably have 150, a good 150 elderly people that we assist. And we consider elderly 62 and older. Okay. And we assist them at Christmas time because there's just so many different factors that, that care help um, does all year long. You know, we're not just a thrift store and just a food pantry and assistance office, but we have Christmas we have backpack blessings. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, blessings? actually, I wanted to ask you about that. What? Because uh, I wrote down school assistance or back to school assistance. So um, there's school assistance. So like we just got done with Christmas. So it's yeah. January. So right now we're kind of taking a breather and we're just trying to catch up on all the donations. Kids are out of school. Kids got Christmas. So now we're being swamped with donations. And if you pull up a carry up in the back, you're going to think, why am I even dropping off here? Because there's just so much. We're so blessed. And we're trying to go through it. So January, February, all the way to May is just catch-up time. May, we start getting ready for school. School's getting out. We're getting ready for school. Gotcha. Y'all are working ahead. We're working ahead. So we start ordering our shoe cards. So we normally assist about 300 students every school year with a $40 gift card. A brand new backpack and school supplies. Wow. We used to try to buy all the school supplies. It just got it's just crazy right now, you know. Every teacher wants something different, every grade, yeah. every school. So now we just do a generic backpack um, with school supplies, pencils, pens, paper, so many binders, erasers, colors, glues, you know, scissors, and but each child gets a $40 gift card to the shoe department to buy new shoes. Really? Where does that come from? That comes from the sales of our thrift store. Wow. Yeah. That's... Or, or from donations. I mean, yeah. we might have a um, public, the public sector, the churches, the industries. You know, somebody might send us a nice little check towards school. Yeah. Back to school. But the majority of our funding is from the thrift store. So how does one, I mean, what's the process for that? How do you determine what children receive these backpacks? So, you know, we um, actually go by the poverty level um, or if you receive food stamps. Gotcha. If you get a disability check um, or if you just got laid off or you're a single mom. You know, being a single mom putting, well, you know how expensive it is to put kids in school. Oh, yeah. got your school uniforms. What kid doesn't deserve a new pair of shoes? Because that's their identity now. Those mm-hmm. shoes are their identity. A new pair of shoes, um, the school supplies. So it, it gets expensive. Yeah. It's interesting you brought that up about shoes. It makes me think of my father. Um, when I was a, in junior high or high school, my dad took us to Mexico right across the border. That was back before things were like they are now. Uh, we'd crossed over at Laredo. And... He had pointed out to us, he had, well, actually, he had told us to wear old shoes. And I thought that was odd. And then later on, he told us, he said, well, they will gauge your wealth based on your shoes, the quality of your shoes. And he said, if you look around, and it was really poverty stricken where we went. Right. I really don't know why we went there, except for 
just the hit, I guess shopping I don't know across the border shopping but uh, yeah it was an eye opener for me just to see how other people live and really that things can be pretty bad but yeah shoes were a status symbol and that's a I big deal with kids I never really thought of it that that's way that's a big until deal then. that's a big big deal so that's our back to school um, you know and you got Dewana's closet with Dewana Tarver so this next school year might be a little different for us we might do a little different with the school supplies. Maybe supply the supplies to the school. I see. Still do the gift cards um, and the backpack, but not so much the supplies. Get gotcha. those to the schools. So what happened is a school had approached Care Help probably about eight years ago about hunger in school. Okay. And it started something called Backpack Blessing. And what that is, is we take non-perishable food, individual serving sizes, Jiffy to go, Pop-Tarts, Vienna sausage, crackers, uh, chips, juice. Like just little fruit snacks, things fruit like snacks. things that are individually packed. Um, and... Beef jerky. Okay. And we make a bag for Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And these bags, the school would call us and say, I need 80 bags. I have 80 students at this school who we feel face food insecurity on the weekend. Wow. So can you guess how many bags we do a week? I cannot even imagine. So if we're doing 525 households a month. Oh, come on. So we're doing 253 bags a week. What? Yes. Every week? Every week. And this is all during the school year? This is completely during the school year. When school's That's... out, we don't do it anymore, but the feeding program picks up. And they normally feed either at Henning or at EK Key. Um, so all kids up to the age, I think, of 17 are given a free meal Monday through Friday. Yep, 253. And we don't pick the kids. The school does. The teachers call us. Because they're, they're aware. They're picking That's right, up they're more. They're aware. Sure, my sister's a teacher. And uh, she she's kind of shared some stories like that, you know, where she said, you know, it just kind of breaks your heart as a educator because the children become like your children and but you know that you're sending them off and a lot of them are going home to situations that are pretty bad that's right and you know it and there's not much a whole lot you can do but that is one way yep that they can help i didn't know what that was so we call that backpack blessings every friday y'all deliver that to the schools we deliver to the schools we deliver it to the schools, and sometimes it stresses us pretty thin sure you know delivering one we have one school that gets 80 bags um we have one school that gets like 36 bags so and it varies now it will jump when school starts back so really we'll deliver next friday and probably the next week the teachers will be calling to add more bags that's that's wild we normally see more kids you know maybe parents are spending money that they shouldn't be spending for christmas you know with what we do we try to figure out okay why yeah why why is it moved why yeah but another thing too is people move at christmas time um people who struggle to pay rent and rent right here right now is pretty high yeah. so they may get up and leave in the middle of the night one place and move to a different part of town so the kid changes the school so there's a good chance that that could be what happens too because we'll see where one school will drop and then the other school will pick up interesting so that's what's happening you're seeing sort of a migration mm-hmm. from one school to yep. the other and we always know the food numbers are gonna pick up after christmas how are y'all doing all of this i mean how many people work at care help so we only have 15 employees 50 or 15 15 one okay. five wow 15 employees 
Holy cow. So we really rely on a lot of the volunteers. Um, you know, used to, we probably had 150, 200 volunteers. And we still probably have 125 volunteer base. But your dedicated volunteers, I would say, are just a handful. So this is a good question because it's something that I've been curious about. What? How are you? How's your volunteering structure? Do you have like set dates that you do things and you say? They, our volunteers, we always tell them you can come anytime you want. Okay. As long as we're open, um, Monday through Friday, eight to five, and Saturdays eight to four. You know, if we could do a night shift, we probably would because we we could use it. Yeah. And so we let our volunteers pick what they want to work. And we're okay. just thankful for it. What, is there a, a hole, though? Do you have a need like that you go, we really could use more volunteers for oh, one absolutely. specific thing? So, you know, what I realized, too, is a lot of people want to volunteer, but they want to see who they're helping. Mm, they want to. Hey, I got you. So they want to be where they're comforting or hugging or, you know. Sure. Help the people who are actually coming in for the assistance, and they don't realize that when you call clothes or tag clothes or put canned goods on an uh, on a uh, on a shelf, yeah, or deliver those two hundred and fifty bags to the schools that just right here in our community, two hundred and fifty bags, you're you're actually helping somebody. Yeah, you know, you may not see who you're helping, but you're helping. So that we see that as a problem sometimes. So we're hoping for 2019, we're going to open our food pantry up more. In other words, we're going to try to get people on a volunteer basis to come in and work our food pantry. Used to, when you came in for food, we gave you a box of food. And it was predetermined what was, it was in predetermined. it? Predetermined. <clears throat> whatever okay. we had. Yeah. It was whatever we had. If we had it, we made many a boxes. And... The people would go home with this box. It was about 75 pounds of food, 10 pounds of frozen meat, chicken, beef, whatever yeah. whatever we had. It, we didn't know what we were going to get. It's just whatever we had. Or we bought the poultry from the poultry um, place. Gotcha. Two years ago, we decided to do something called Client's Choice. So we moved to the new building. We set up shelving, and we set up a grocery store. Okay. Now, it's not a you know, big grocery store, but so we try to keep certain staples on the um, shelves certain canned items, um, mashed potatoes, corn. And now our clients come in and they choose their food. Gotcha. So there's no waste. Yeah. You know they're getting something that's going to get used. That's right. So they're getting, you know, and that way now volunteers could come in and help stock our shelves and help our clients when they come through to choose their food too. We try to do healthy choices. We get fruit, vegetables, canned items. Um, but we do have a lot of perishable food. Um, we're lucky we do a second harvest. Okay. It's a Feed America Second Harvest program. So Walmart and Sam's participates. So we pick up Walmart three times a week. And so what is that exactly? So Second Harvest is another nonprofit, and it's their focus to end hunger. And we belong to that, and that's how we have. To, that's why we qualify people. We I have s- to qualify you, and you come in, and so some of our food is supplemented through um, the usda free food items and walmart and sam's so tomorrow next tuesday sam's will deliver to us okay and we could have one pallet we could have 16 pallets of food well you got a truck today yeah we got a truck we actually it ended up coming yesterday in oh, the rain. oh did oh, okay oh in the rain and okay. so we had to unload it in the rain um but 
and that was second harvest. Sometimes we purchase that food, and sometimes through USDA, we are allowed to get it for free. Okay. So yesterday, we had 14,000 pounds of food coming wow. in. Wow. And we posted that on our Facebook page. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't realize it came through yesterday, though. Yep, it did. It ended up coming yesterday. And so, how do you... Is that just your 15 employees that help unload all of that? Or that was like four employees that unloaded that. Really? Yes. Wow. Because we have employees at work, donation... And it's just so busy, you sure. know, they just don't have time to stop. We have employees that work administration. We have two employees that work the food pantry. Um, we have guys that work the guy side. We have uh, three employees on that side. So it was them three plus some of the admin. Yeah, we'd help unload and we had to do it twice yesterday. So the truck came to care help because it was raining. If not, we would have unloaded it on, Kim- on uh, Thomas Street. Okay. Thomas Street, when it rains, kind of floods. Yeah. And we don't have no way to cover it. So they came to care help. We unloaded it there. It was 10 pallets of food. And when the rain went through by 3 o'clock yesterday, then by hand, we unloaded it onto a trailer and drove it to the food pantry and, then unloaded, and unloaded it again. again. Wow. It is on pallets. Our doors aren't wide enough. So you have to break the, the pallet food pantry, apart. Yeah. So we have to break the pallets down. I see. Yep. This is fascinating. So that's where volunteers would come in. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So we got 14,000 pounds of food that needs to be, you know. Well, I hear people, I mean, myself included, always say, see, this has always been a struggle for me, is I, not unlike probably the people that you mentioned, isn't that I need to see the people I'm helping, but I want to know that I'm doing something You're that's doing some actually good. helping. I don't care what it is. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's dirty or if it's in the back of a warehouse, but I just want to know that it's not waste. Right. You know, and I think maybe that's selfish. I don't know. But um, I guess if there's other people out there listening to this, if you live in this area, you have an opportunity to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And sometimes people are nervous. Sure. You know, they're I scared. Um we have a volunteer that's been volunteering with us for 27 years. Wow. 27 years. Dedicated. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's a cashier. So they get nervous when they first come. We have one now that comes four times a week. And it might be for two hours or she might stay eight hours. It's just up to her. And we love her to death. And we couldn't do. She takes care of a lot of things that we don't have time to do. We have books. We have pictures. We have crafts. We have material. We have linen, you know, linen to us, like shower curtains, bedspread, sheets, uh, dish towels. That stuff sells, too. Um, We have clothing. We have shoes, like need rubber banding and mated. And, you know, this needs to be salvaged or this could be sold. Um, or this can go to the assistance office to assist somebody. So work boots, if you need free work boots, you know, you can qualify, we'll give them to you. So you that's know, a Max. different situation. That's, yeah. Certain so items everything, go, yeah. get classified. Okay. And our volunteers help with that. You know, What's the age limit? You have to be a certain age to volunteer? So we, have, we actually ask that our volunteers be at least 16 or older. Okay. Now, the schools have beta. Yeah. They have different types of clubs, so they are younger when they come sometimes. And we ask that a parent, a comp, you know, comes with them, and we give them double hours if the parent comes. Okay. Just because we're so busy, sometimes we can't keep an eye on younger children. Yeah, you need that. And we want to encourage them to come. We actually had a seven-year-old come um, last Friday. Yeah. 
and she wanted to help the homeless. Okay. So she actually helped take care of the shoes and some hangers to just know that that's all she wanted to do. Just come volunteer an hour of her time. And I think this week she's going to go work our food pantry. So if a parent shows up with a teenager and they're not 16, they're 15, y'all can, they can volunteer Absolutely. as long as the parent's with them. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That's good to know. Yep. Yeah. That, you know, I'm just, of course, I can't help but think of it from my own perspective. This is the type of thing that my son and I would definitely get a lot out of just in, interiorly, but then also know that it's actually going to help the community. I and mean, we always look for like work groups, Boy Scouts. Yeah. You know, they can come. I mean, we're fixing to um, put up some shelving. We need somebody to help put some shelves together. And because when something like that needs done, it takes the employees away from what job they're doing. Yeah. And because y'all have dedicated things that have to be done have every to day. Have to be done. Have to be done. Well, I can imagine just processing donations alone is just insane. I can We probably I have a 13-foot ceiling, and it's touching the ceiling right now. Wow. And I did see that y'all expanded, right? Y'all we, have a- we did. We expanded. Well, actually, our pavilion was a cement slab yeah. with a roof with a fence around yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. I so see, I cats saw could come, birds came, you <laughs> yeah. know, um, mildew came. Yeah. I mean, furniture out of a house goes outside, it's going to mildew. Sure. So we try to be good stewards, but sometimes it was just really hard to keep up with that. So we were finally able to close in our pavilion and go out 20 more feet. So it was like 85 feet long, and now it's um, almost 80 feet wide. <sighs> And it's air conditioned, and now we're not having to throw furniture away. Are you ever surprised by some of the donations? Oh, all the time. Where you just go, wow, this somebody got rid of this. Yeah. Are you? What's something that you we, can think of that you just go, this is just kind of shocking? We really have a cool piece that actually Tom has seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is a, a uh, um, it's Rocky and Apollo. And it was commissioned when um, Rocky first came out. Yeah. So it's and and it's signed by Sylvester Stallone and the guy who played Apollo. Yeah. And the man Carl was, Weathers. I have a picture of him yes. right around the corner. Well, <laughs> in this, our office. Here. This is a uh, plaster, and it's them in the ring. Box, yeah. You know, boxing, and their signatures are on it. And the man who was commissioned to make it. So we actually found there's only so many made. How did it end up carrying it? We have no idea. And we found it on eBay, and it sold for like $4,000. Come on. So the guy who commissioned it was murdered. Really? Mm-hmm. And um, So this was one of these pieces where y'all went, okay, there's more to this yeah, story. This is just odd. And we still do not know where this piece came from. And so it's just there for sale. Someone so, buy it? or No, we actually have it put up. You know, we just kind of hold on to it. We have a few other pieces. Um out uh elton louvier the, the lorraine bridge it's signed in numbers so we kind of put that away so y'all are rescuing some things right 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 and we've sent some things to the museum um yeah. but there's some things that we're holding on to that we would like to do an auction sure that's what i was going to ask next if there was anything ethically against you know i guess auctioning or selling those items to make money off for them. we actually had somebody donate to us a mink coat and she still had the receipt from when her husband bought it for her and she said i want you to try to get the most you can for this coat 
this is what I want you to do. This, if you can sell this coat, yeah, then this coat's going to buy a lot of food. Yeah, right. She's turning something, a, not a, a luxury item, into actual. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Now somebody else may say, "Well, that coat was given to you. Why are you trying to sell it for three hundred dollars?" Right. You know, well, it's worth three hundred dollars. Right. Um, if we sold it for a hundred. And a second-hand store came in and bought it and sold it in their store for three hundred. You know. See, you're talking about something, and I'm going to get kind of off tangent, but this gets into interesting territory for me because subjects like this get my mind thinking, and it's it's the idea of transmutation or transformation, where and that to me is another deep mystery of Christianity. You know, that you can take one thing that is something else and it becomes something the the energy of it becomes something else entirely you know like crushed grapes and crushed grain become bread and wine and bread and wine become body and blood which is a great blessing so it's this one thing that was not related that becomes something else right. and and so i think if we can take that mystery and I know I might be making a stretch, but I'm hearing that same mystery in what you're talking about. If we could all take that viewpoint, yes, I see a mink coat, and I get your point. It why are, it's three hundred dollars? Why? Are, but you got it for free, and that's the world's thinking, all trapped up in that kind of cycle. But if you get into that sort of mysterious Christian element of it, then you go, yeah, and we're going to transform that into. 300 meals. 300 meals, which in and of itself is becoming Christ because it's doing That's right. the Great Commission, you know, to feed, serve, love. Yeah, it's it's beautiful in, in that way, but I wonder if sometimes it's just, I think the world kind of gets us in the cycle of well, thinking and I think like. Somebody, some people misconstrue what care help is about. People come to care help and they think, well, they're supposed to be helping people. Right. They're selling this mink coat for three hundred dollars, and they go, "You're helping yourself." Yeah, but who's yourself? It's we're us who help others. Yeah. So we, but that's why we always try to explain to people: somebody in need does not need a mink coat. Right. Somebody in need needs food or their electricity bill paid. If they need a mink coat, well, that's not a need; that's a want. Yeah. We want somebody to come in and want the mink coat, and say, "Hey, that mink coat's worth five thousand dollars." We'll give you three hundred for it. That's, yeah, right, that's, right. That's how we look at it. Same for the Rocky Apollo thing we have. We know it's worth because we know it's sold for that. So we're going to hold on to it and maybe do an auction one day. Yeah, you know, um, that's really a great idea. And to me, it makes sense. I mean, look, pawn shops do the same thing all the time, and nobody cares because and they're it, doing that for profit. For profit, that's right. We're I mean, doing it to create more food. Or pay for, we do something called work for assistance. Okay. Can anyone talk about that? Yeah, what's that? So let's say you get laid off. Okay. And you've never needed help before, but you're laid off, the mortgage is due, and you had a medical expense, and you can't pay your mortgage. So you come to us, and you come to Care Help, and you work for this assistance. So if you need an electricity bill paid, your electricity bill's $359, you're going to come work 36 hours. We base it at $10 an hour. You work 36 hours. We pay your electricity bill. Gotcha. I mean, what? So we got something out of it, you yeah. know, and you really helped us. And what's amazing is they end up enjoying it. And we either have a volunteer for life 
we have a new employee or they've gone on back to work and have referred us to somebody else. Right. You know, or their church or whatever. I mean, it's interesting watching your face when you say that. You say, and they refer us to somebody else, and you have a big smile on your face because what you mean by refer is somebody else we can serve. That's right. And that's the payment. That's right. That's something. And that's what we love about our work for assistance program. I mean, you don't have to be poor when you're in need sometimes. You might have been making great money. Yeah. Maybe you come down with cancer. Yeah. And you had to go to MD Anderson or Lafayette or Shreveport, and um, your paycheck's gone all of a sudden. Hotel rooms aren't cheap. Meals mm-hmm. aren't cheap. You come home and you have a $300 electricity bill. You don't know how you're going to pay that. We yeah. have clients like that. We have helped people like that. Yeah. Or we pay for their hotel. You pay the electricity bill, we'll put you in a hotel. And we make hotel reservations for them wherever they need to go for the hospital. We pay deductibles for the elderly to have cataract surgery. That's what that mean coat paid for. Yeah, that's incredible. I, actually, it's kind of, I guess I haven't can't fully wrap my head around it because I don't know what the numbers are, but it just seems like y'all are doing a lot if the thrift store is the primary in- income. It is. It's, it's, that's the wild. The thrift store is our primary income. Um, now, if somebody wants to you know, write us a big check, we take y'all that take too. Y'all take that too, sure. And, and sometimes we have grants, and sometimes they're a restricted grant, which may just be towards you can only buy food with this or, or whatever, or it may be an open grant, yeah. and we can do anything with it. So, um, How active are y'all in that, in, in filling and writing grants and so participating? So, really, we don't do a whole lot of them. We, um, we've done a few. You know, We are not state or federally funded at all. In, in, in any way does the state or federal government fund us. Okay. So that way we can encourage people. We can hand out Bibles. We can share the love of Jesus. Right. You know, we can tell them what works for us. A lot yeah. of us have been in those same shoes. You know, we've homelessness, addiction. So we can share that with somebody and say, hey, we know how we made it. Yeah. Jesus is the only way you're going to make it. Yeah. I have some fr- I have friends who work in different nonprofits and some of the f- those folks have even been on the show. And just uh, in working with them to whatever capacity we can through here, I do notice when anytime there's some state funding or state regulation that they have to they have to tiptoe around that. Right. And I find it's uh, you almost can sense that there's like a, a desire to go a little further, but they have to hold back sometimes in that regard. Well, God's never let us down. Yeah. I mean, we've we've prayed for something and just how amazing, like, you know, a few yeah. hours later, it's dropped off. Do y'all pray together? At oh, absolutely. Health? Really? Absolutely. That's beautiful. We have a mighty little prayer warrior at um, Care Help, and um, she... Uh, I think if she didn't work there in the mornings, and people would probably want to know where she's at. Yeah. But um, yes, we pray at Care Help. We open Care Help in prayer. And if you drop off at Care Help, this little prayer warrior is going to ask you, Do you need prayer? Yeah. Or she'll pray with you right there. Most of the employees will um, pray with you right there in the parking lot. That's amazing. It is awesome. It really is. It is awesome. I think that sometimes I've seen it, and I know I'm guilty of it too, for many years to sort of cleave your life into parts. You know, my spiritual life belongs in this part, and then my business life is this part, and my family life is this part, you know, so on and so forth, till there's all these little boxes everywhere. And what I found in doing that was that um, 
the benefit from one box wasn't going over the wall to benefit the other one. It wasn't like an ice cube tray, you know, it, right. all, it wasn't filling right. up everywhere. And so once I, I started breaking that down and going, you know, equanimity, I guess is the word I treat any to let the blessings from one pour and over, pour over into the other. So it's like a whole life mentality. Cause I think I probably had a segmented life mentality and, uh, that to me, what you're describing is that whole life mentality. It's like, hey, you're dropping stuff off, but I'm going to also ask yeah. you about this need too, and, and offer to pray for you or pray people, with you. Some people say no. Some yeah. people might just say yes, and then they may come back again and say, you know, maybe you can pray for yeah. me. I mean, some people are uncomfortable by that. Yeah. But what I love about this 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 worker is she just loves people. Yeah. You know, and that's what care helps about. I mean, it's we're in just the name. about just that's right. We're just here to love on people. Yeah, um, we're not here to condemn you. You know, we're sh- we're all human. We're all human, and we do have employees that you know may have a bad day. We all have bad days, and but we have people who come work at Care Help Community Service um, for assistance, and we never want them to feel ashamed. Yeah. You know, I want them to know that we've all been where you've been. Sure. I mean, you you know, I think that community service, is, we've, it's been viewed as sort of a punishment for so long. And what's so sad is both of those words are really beautiful words. But when you put them together, the first thing we think of is, is somebody's being punished for something. Well, and sometimes we need to be yeah, punished. But you know what I mean? Held like accountable, it, yeah. Uh, community oh, service. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's a negative thing when really we could... You, you say it with a totally different inflection, community service. Right. You know, it's a positive thing. And maybe people who come, they might have that experience where they're like, you know, this is maybe the first time someone or maybe the first time in a long time that they've got to do something that wasn't for themselves. That's right. And they get to get that feeling and that reward. And they just have no idea. I mean, we're kind of a one of a kind. Um, we're not like Goodwill. Um, you know, Salvation Army, similar, but there's just nobody else like us. There's just nobody else like Care Help in our in our area at all. Um, you know, we don't we can't call up another Care Help and say, "Hey, send us fifty thousand pounds of food for the next three." We yeah, there's we no have to network. Generate that. That's right. There's no network. Yeah, the network's the community and the and churches right. and whoever. That's right. Yeah. The community, the churches, the public sector, the private sector. I mean, it's just. It's just it, amazing. It actually says a lot about our community. Oh, this is the most giving community. Really? The most giving community. Most most definitely. I was discouraged the other day. I don't know if you, and this is, I don't like talking about bad news on this show, but sometimes talking about it gets to a good point. And I believe it was um, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s, yeah, Jerry Falwell Jr. was making a point that um, he said that, Poor people were a, a drain on society and that, you know, they don't really create jobs and that they don't really help. They can't help their communities as much as wealthy people. And boy, when I read that, it just stung so bad because I thought, I don't know. I, I just kind of paused for a second. I thought, I don't know if I agree with this. And I thought about sulfur and I thought about the people that I know who help people. I'm not saying wealthy people don't help. Right. But the people who have their hands in it most of the time aren't wealthy people not the people i know and that could be just the circles that i've walked in but from what i've seen in our community 
it's people who have had some hard luck themselves who show up because you've been there yeah so i don't know i kind of thought that was an odd thing to say i was like maybe a little detached from um the way things really are well that's why i always tell people you know kind of like come and see i mean you're gonna sit here and judge somebody why don't you come spend a day at our assistance office yeah just come sit today come listen to the single mom who husband left and she has three kids but she can't go get a job because she can't afford daycare right you know right she got three kids she's got to put in school yeah not all they can't go to school yet they got to go to daycare you know how expensive daycare is sure oh uh, yeah for sure so she has to qualify for any type of state assistance maybe she doesn't have transportation how's she going to get them to daycare yeah so it's kind of a vicious cycle but it can be broke yeah and sometimes it just takes some people to care. Yeah. But we have a lot of people in our community who care. There's a lot of organizations in our community who, who strive to try to help those very people. Yeah. And you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. Well, it's you an know, investment. You make an investment in people. In people. You're talking about something that's close to my heart because, you know, not too many months ago that happened to somebody very, very close to me. And... um a lot of people wrote this person off and you had some mental health issues, but, and really was having a hard time with that, but, uh, had no transportation, no job prospects because of some health and mental health issues. And then were, was also in that time, a difficult person to be around. Sure. And I guess a limit was met, a, a limit was reached by, people and they're just like i can't do this anymore enough enough is enough and uh the street was the answer you're out and i couldn't bring myself to go that it hadn't hit my limit yet and i learned through that process by not i guess it was wasn't my time somebody had to not have a limit and it was me at that particular time but sticking it out with that person has proven to be worth it because now it's a brighter and brighter day all these months later. Right. Every day is a little better. Situation's a little brighter. And it may take a little while, but it's not where it was. And, you know, I think what would have happened to that person if they'd have been on the street? I mean, they'd have been dependent. And if I would have said no, That's you know, right. and I go, well, then care help would have been there for somebody like that if they could have found that. So, you know, you know like... Calcasieu River Bridge really separates Calcasieu Parish. Mm-hmm. So there's mental needs, mental health needs. There's there's medical needs that can't be met in our community. Yeah, these people have to get across the bridge. Yeah, there's no transportation. Right. Um, we have called like Lyft to help get yeah. people across the bridge if because they can't afford Lyft if they're homeless. Or, sure, but they need to go to mental health. Um, yeah. Or to certain doctors or even or to Social Security's office, that's office right. or anything. That's yeah. right. That's right. And a lot of that's in Lake Charles. And now that situation is going to be even more compounded the with bridges. the bridges. Yeah. And I don't think, um, you know, people who pay the mortgage every month and go on vacations, they don't really realize how hard it is. Sometimes even me and my own husband, um, you know, he's a hard worker. He provides well for my family, his family. Even he has a hard time understanding they had the same opportunity that I had. I said, "You no, they didn't. You don't understand. Yeah. Your mama might have woke you up in the morning and had a warm breakfast. Right. Their mama may still be hung over in bed or not even home. Yeah. You don't know what they deal with right. until you 
until you start getting to know somebody. Well, I mean, that's something that bothers me a lot in, in I guess, in our current culture is is a tone of uh, disregard where just what you just said, where we look at another person and go, oh, you weren't loved enough as a child. Uh, and it's like in a tone of almost like, I, you know, you, I had to go through my stuff. You go through your stuff. I, from, from, from my perspective, and I can only speak for me, I cannot even say the word Christian if I'm taking that attitude because I feel like the worst kind of hypocrite because I'm going, look, that little bit of love that they didn't get first on top of just the, the circumstances of the world that that maybe that happened to you, maybe it happened to them. There's also a lot of things we know now about the chemical makeup of people's minds. I mean, things they're born with. Right. That we don't even know that are there from childhood. They start developing in their teenage years. So maybe that little bit of love that you didn't need and you turned out fine, that little bit of attention for them was astronomically large. And it That's changed right. the course of their life. We can't just disregard them. You know, you know we, 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 um, we actually had a client we helped all the time. Most grouchiest person. Just... <laughs> Just grouchy. Yeah. But, you know, really, like you said, it was the makeup of the person. And I think it was, I'm going to be mean to you before you're mean to me. Sure. Mechanism. I'm going to be grouchy to you before you say something that might hurt my feelings. But we loved this person. We loved on him and we loved on him until the day he died. And he was just the best client, but grouchy. But he would hug us and still be grouchy, you know. But yeah. I just saw where love can tear down so many barriers. Sure. Well, it's hard. Some people don't know how to be, to, to be loved. Sure. I, I, I mean, I'm guilty of that. Um, I was loved, but then I was also hurt, too, as a child. I mean, and, and that's whatever that is, you know. Uh, and you become an adult. And so when you try to start navigating well, we relationships. Scars. Yeah, you have scars. You're navigating And we all have stuff. stories. Everybody who walks through those doors, whether you're a shopper, a donor, or a client in need, we all have stories. Yeah. We all have stories. So you've been there five and a half years as a director. I'm assuming that's the title, director. Mm -hmm. So in that time period, I mean, you were there obviously before that. You worked there. But in this last five and a half years, have you felt this role change you and change your mind and your heart? I mean, you met. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When? Did, well, what's changed for you in this time? That's a long time, five and a half years. I mean, what, I mean, what they've had directors there longer than, you know, I, I think um, it, there's seasons. You know, God just changes yeah. the seasons for different people. You know, somebody created care help and then the seed was planted and then mm -hmm. people come along and water it and water it and water it. And um, then I came along and I think I just... I guess because of where I've been. Mm -hmm. So let's just say I'm the first person who has been on the board. I mean, that's been a director. That's just kind of had a different lifestyle. Um, what do you mean by that? So, uh, and I mean, I've shared my testimony lots of times with a lot of people. Um, I'm a convicted felon. Okay. So, you know, Carrot would have never probably put a convicted felon in as the executive director. and But God did. Yeah. God saw that. And um, so my eyes were kind of opened a little differently. Yeah. You know, I don't have a degree. You know, God qualified me for this job. I, yeah. I just, plain and simple. So I had my own business. And um, one day I had a dream that I was going to be the director of Care Help. Wow. 
And I was like, no way. You've given me my own business. You know, I'm not going to be director of care help. I'm not qualified. You got me doing this. And um, I went and visited the previous director, and I told her this vision that I had. And she was pretty much like, you'd be great, but there, you're, you're never going to be that. You're a convicted felon. Yeah. And, you know, a year and a half later, I was director of care help. So, um, that's incredible. Yeah. I never, I never wasn't in your plan, your plan, anyway. But it was God's plan. Yeah. It was God's plan. Isn't that something? So, um, you know, I've been on probation. I've, I've been there. I've been where a lot of these people have been. And that's what's amazing. They'll sit in my office and say, you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm, I do know what you're talking you do. about. You've been down that I've road. I've seen those hardships. I know how important it is for family to support you. I know how important it is for you to be plugged into a church. To a, to a, it's important that you're plugged into the Word mm. and, and apply that to your life. You know, it's one of the hardest things to do because most people think God's just this big magician and He's just going to change your life when you wake up the next morning. Yeah. And that's not it. You have to walk through your choices. Yeah. Every choice has a consequence. And so I made some bad choices and, you know, I had to pay the consequences. But what the devil intended for bad, God used for good. Transformation, transmutation. One thing becomes another thing. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and look, I mean, what you've been through now gives you a specific pair of eyes. So that's kind of how we've changed a little course with Care Help. Um, you know, uh, even though you wouldn't want a mechanic to operate on you, you know, you take your car to a mechanic, but you're going to take your physical ailments to a doctor. Sure. And sometimes I feel that care help helped people. We just, we helped them. We paid, they paid their, but if you've never been where they been, it's hard to minister to them. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know what I'm hearing you say. And I guess I, as I, I, sometimes things pop, pictures pop in my head when I'm talking to people. But as you're talking, I keep thinking of somebody who their car dies when they're driving on a wet road and their car goes in the ditch. Well, first thing you have to do is get the car out of the ditch. That's right. You know, next thing is to call a tow truck and then then a mechanic. There's layers to sure. getting better. Care help. Is that there? Is that that moment where look, our car's in the ditch? Yeah. Right. I mean, we're we we need help now. That's right. We need immediate step one. I need this. And that's really what our mission is to supply short term assistance. Yeah. You know, to those in need, um, and showing the love of God. That's yeah. In the process of that, the, the whole the whole point, the whole point. That's the whole point. So that's what's amazing when somebody comes for help. And they're like, they're embarrassed or they're ashamed, or you can just tell they're just lugging this bag of rocks. Sure. They're, you know, somebody keeps giving it to them. You leave it and you think you're going to do better. And somebody, hand, you forgot your rocks. You need, so we're wanting to tell them you can let go of the rocks. Yeah. You know, let us help a little bit. Short term assistance necessarily doesn't mean one time. Short term could be nine months. I mean, it just depends. We want to help you get on your feet. Yeah. We don't want to pay your bills. We want to help you pay your bills. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know somebody that I'm I'm kind of helping right now, and I'm not saying that I'm I want to be conscious conscious that I'm not saying that like to get a badge. Sure. But it's a part of the story, and I don't have to help them all the time, but I have to help them some of the time. Because I know that they're trying. That's right. And but they have had some things happen that are out of their control. 
and I go, look, if they slip right here, then everything's going to tumble down. And I could go, look, I've helped you enough. You have to figure it out on your own. Or I can just be there, kind of just... That little nudge. Yeah, just going, hey, just, just to get you through. To keep the domino standing. Yes. So you can get through this. That's and right. so you don't fall off the edge. And that's what care help does. That's really yeah, what we that's do. That's what it sounds like. That's really what we try to do. Um, now, our food pantry is different. We're never going to turn you away for food. But we've been keeping track of who we helped probably for, man, 30 years. Yeah. You know? And, and it's sad because we can sit here and see where we've been feeding somebody the same person for 15 years. So in the last five and a half years, we try to look at that and we're like, how can we help you? Yeah. Is it, I mean, are, is your bills more than your pay? Or, you know, and sometimes we understand it's because of certain cir- circumstances, their pay is never going to be more. Right. They're always upside it's down. Always, that's right. Yeah. Our elderly is that way. Sure. Their pay is never going to be more. If anything, they're going to take more out of their Social Security check. And that's getting thinner and thinner. Thinner and thinner. So you have grandmothers who are trying to, you know, maybe they still have a small mortgage or a second mortgage that they're trying to pay. Sometimes or they're all of a sudden sick, and it's either life-saving medicine or the electricity bill. Yeah. So sometimes we're like, okay, look, the electricity bill's less. You pay that, and we'll go to Brookshire's and pay for your, yeah. your medicine. Yeah. And that's what we do. And so, but we always want to help and we don't want to hurt because sometimes helping people hurts people. Mm. So we want to make sure that we're helping for the right mean? reasons. What do you just, can you tell me what you mean by that? So we feed people. Yeah. You know, and what we qualify, we, we qualify every single person we help. Okay. They have to qualify. And that doesn't mean they have to be dirt poor. It, it, they just have to come in, fill out an application. We need to know that there's a need. Yeah, there's that, a need. I got you. It's not just because it's not just a handout. Yeah. And sometimes when we, if it's, it becomes a yearly thing. Every year in December, you might come for your electricity bill to be paid. Right. We realize that that's not. There's a there's a reason why. Why are you coming every December for your bill to be paid? Yeah. Um, so we like to sit with them and try to figure that out. You know. So sometimes helping somebody actually hurts them. If we keep is an enabling process. I got you. Yeah, you don't want to enable. You're we trying to get people. That's pat- right. Mm-hmm. We want them to know. Now look, we're not going to do this again. This is our last time. You need to go. Popeyes is hiring. McDonald's is hiring. You know. Yeah. We'll give you a bike. You can ride a bike to work. We got people who ride bikes to work all the time. Sure. We have people who walk. We give people rides to work. And so, you know, a little tough love. And a lot of people come back and say thank you for it. Yeah, guidance and that's right. some structure. That's right. Or if you need any type of, of medical assistance, you need mental, behavioral health, we'll get you there. Well, I wish we could get it over here, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Do y'all have any partnerships, and I, that may not be the right word, with any kind of uh, any kind of clinics and sulfur of any kind that that kind of says, "Hey, we're here for care help." And any, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, we actually help even help pay sometimes for counseling services. Um, you know, the hospitals know to call us for a need. You know, we can call them for a need. Um, CCOA, Couch Council on Aging, uh, you know, of course, they, they really are wonderful what they do with the elderly. But those are sometimes the very same elderly that we're assisting, too. Okay. Um, we do a lot of monetary assistance. 
Yeah. Whereas a lot of organizations don't have those funds, so they have other types of assistance. They may be teaching addiction classes or budgeting classes or anger management. So we always want to encourage the people that we help to go there for those classes that they may need. I see. I mean, I don't know how we could squeeze another thing in. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, it sounds like a a Hydra, you know, it's got all these arms. And we all try to work together. There's a lot of other organizations right here in our area that are doing something. So we try to network that together. If at all possible, you know. Yeah, you're you're really working off of the premise that community matters. And we're always trying to do and figure and learn something more. So our biggest vision is to have a transitional women's home. Okay, there's nothing like that in Sulphur, So that right? is our biggest, our biggest goal. And um, I is that a happened. need that you see? Oh, it's, it's absolutely. Okay, I wonder. That's I mean, usually if you, if that's one of your goals, it must be something you're absolutely. seeing. Absolutely, it is a, a big need. Yeah, a big need. We um. And it's not just our community, it's Lake Charles and Moss Bluff and the state. I mean, you know, Louisiana has, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the highest incarceration incarcerate, yeah. Yeah, um, rates in the world, not the nation, in the world. Why? Why is that? Maybe that our laws, you know, I'm not, mm. I'm not real sure. Yeah, I wonder too. But, and, and then our laws change. You know, the rules and regulations change. You know, if you're going to legalize marijuana when it was illegal, you got some people who are serving time for that than they are for armed robbery or, you know, it's the balance. Everything's out of whack. You can look around and see that for sure. I mean, we could sit here for hours and talk about a lot of things that are unfair. Yeah. Um, I have been through the system and I know how hard it is to get a job. Yeah. You know, so like Texas banned box. And, you know, that's something that Care Helps always thought about, too, is when you go apply for a job here in most places, the first thing you say is, have you ever been convicted of a felon? Yeah. You say, yeah, you're done. So most people just toss that to the trash. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that's fair because if that was fair, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair right now. Right. Right. And what, what a unique position you're yeah. in. Yeah. You know, I, this again comes up on this show a lot, the the march of time and how time is shaping you and God's shaping you for something. I mean, in listening to you and, and your testimony, I'm going, wow. I mean, I, you are able to look at people who are coming to care help. I, I can only imagine the way you see people, which is something I think we'd all hope to achieve. Because your eyes are opened. You know, if you make one bad choice. Your whole life can change. Sure. Oh, and look who, I mean, I can't only imagine. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I've had people turn their back on me before. So I can imagine just the feelings of alienation and um, shame, honestly, well, the and, way people. And you want. burn bridges. Sure. I mean, you burn bridges. When you're an addict or mentally um, sick, you, you tend to burn bridges. People don't know how to handle you. People don't know how to how to deal with you, just like we were talking about. Yeah, right, right. You know, just, things get broken and they don't. Yeah, go, yeah. The, and I'm not here to fix anything. You know, that's God's job. That's what Jesus does. He fixes. He does all the fixing. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. Mm, yeah, that, okay. that's how it is. You know, um, I wasn't qualified for this job. God qualified me. But my choices, my life, my journey, I never thought that I would be the director of Care Help. Just, I worked there. In fact, it was my first job after I got out of jail um, because I couldn't find a job. And Care Help extended that. Well, actually, 
um, they weren't going to hire me because of my conviction. Yeah. But the person knew me and said, I know you. So that, that like vouching for you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But there was that little bit of shame. Sure. We, we normally don't hire people like you, but. Like you. But yeah. I, yeah. you know, with your background, we're going to hire yeah. you. And um, God knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. God knew what he was doing. I love stories like this yeah. because it's very real, very common that this happens. And uh, I don't know. It's just a story of hope and redemption, in my opinion. That's, that's exactly what. And that's what CAP's about. I think that's what all anybody who works in the sector of helping people, you know, is, look, let me just tell you my story. Even though we're a thrift store and even yeah. though we're a food pantry, everybody who comes through is some kind of way hurting. Yeah. And and if God will do it for me, he'll do it for you. And yeah. it ain't just my story. There's other people's stories that are just the same. And that's what I love about Care Help. I, what I love about what we stand for, you know, to help those in need. I love it, too. I love hearing about it. I love knowing more now. And so people just think we're a thrift store and it's just we're not. It's just that we need so a much store. more. Yeah. It, do you ever read The Catcher in the Rye? The book, The Catcher in the Rye. The guy in the book, The Catcher in the Rye, I mean, it's where the title comes from. And spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read Catcher in the Rye, but he has a dream that he's in a, he's in a field of rye. And it's all this golden rye, you know, and all these children are running towards him. And he looks behind him and he's on the edge of this big ravine. And he's running back and forth trying to stop the children because they're running through and they don't realize that they're running towards the edge and he's trying to catch them before they fall off the edge and i guess as you were talking that popped in my head because i thought that's very similar to what you're doing at care help it's you're kind of the catcher in the rye for a lot of people you know where they're heading towards a cliff i mean they're really at the edge of the precipice uh, to a lot of bad things that could well, happen know, you, the girls who run the assistance office that's what they try to do they just so you have to bring us your checking account statement. If you got a checking account statement, bring it to us. Yeah. We want to know, do you need budgeting classes? Do you know? Or So we try. That's what they do. They try to help these younger people. You can't go eat at McDonald's every day. Sure. New new tra- training, new habits. That's right. You have to. They don't teach that in school anymore. Uh, we were just talking about this, me and my son. And uh, somebody else, I can't remember. But we were having a conversation about how... We really wish that there was more emotional intelligence classes for young people because you know we'd send them to school to learn math, science, history, civics, and that's and we and, and for a long time I think we've all felt like well that's what you need to know, and now we know we need to know a whole lot more because the rest of it were unless you have some super mentally healthy family, <laughs> right? Then Who has you're that? right that, that don't exist. Then you're going to have to figure that stuff out there and make a ton of mistakes and probably damage yourself and other people in the but, process. You know, when I was in school, we were taught we we, we took classes. Uh, life skill classes. They don't teach that anymore. Right. So we have people who come to care help who don't know how to balance a checkbook, or we have an elderly woman whose husband passed away who paid all the bills. He balanced the checkbook. He took care of the funds. She doesn't know how. Right. So what we try to do is we f- try to find what church does you do you attend. Maybe we can get you know somebody in your church involved and yeah. and come help you. And some mentorship type Absolutely. stuff too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what that's how we're striving for the women's home. So that's what this whole, when we were just talking, yeah, a, a women's transitional home, it would be wonderful. It would house up to 16 women. That's what we would be been approved for. And 
this ain't just like for a six month stay you know this would either be a year or two year stay you might start working at care help um because you gotta have boundaries most women who's come out of being incarcerated or the streets they have to have boundaries and those two years is how you would work up mm. you know mm-hmm. and mentors we want the churches you know how awesome would it be for you to mentor a woman um the women's groups or whatever and and take them under your wing and mentor them and other classes too i mean there's lots of other places in our community like i said doing things um doing the um high set the gd or you know let them go to those places and take those classes but at night they know where they're going to be sleeping at yeah and it's going to be safe right and they're better in themselves and if they have to, if they've lost their kids you know then social services they can work their cases to get their kids back and yeah and care help could still help because we would be funding and this person would be working so they would be earning you yeah know, earning their key creating earning. a whole new cycle that's right a yeah. whole new cycle but it isn't just with the working they got to have mentors yeah is this and so yeah you're not just creating the system you're actually walking with them through the that's whole right. thing yeah that's accompaniment right. that's right yeah that's that's very important i think because i mean you can give a message to somebody but if you're not going to accompany them and put anything in with them then you just can't point the way you, you got to be able to show them it's, it's doable yeah right exactly you know i've always said um it's like investing your money you're gonna you're gonna either win some and make some money and you might lose a little bit but you're investing and so that's what you're doing when with the women's home you know you're going to be investing in these women um most of them wouldn't have their children because if they're on the street or been incarcerated they've lost their children Mm. or parents have them or the other spouse or they're in foster care yeah so i mean there's a lot of other doors that open when you start dealing with hurting people yeah well and then you've got witnesses i guess to some i guess i'd call it witnesses people who can vouch for your recovery so to speak or your your new path that you're on so you can move towards getting your children back or whatever is step two that's right that you're not just alone trying to prove that but you know when people have mental problems and need mental health or they get out of being incarcerated they have nowhere to go so what do they do they go right back where sure. they came from because mm-hmm. they have no other choice. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stories. Like I mean, that. our homeless are that way, you yeah. know. Now, if somebody who's worked really hard all their life and not afraid to work, and they fall upon hard times, they normally can get themselves out of a hole. Yeah, because they're hard workers. Yeah, but those who don't ever had the tools don't know how to get out of that hole that they've dug. Right. They just keep making the same bad choices over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, they'll run back to those same people, even That's our right. communities that were they were with in the first place. I've heard that same kind of testimony from a lot of people. It's one of the first steps they said was getting away from that particular pattern of folk that will take you back into that wor- world, wherever you're coming yep. from. Man, I have learned. I feel like I could go on and on and ask yeah, questions. Yeah, we didn't and even probably, get everything. So that just shows you just how. Yeah. Well, we do have this thing I like to do on the show. I don't know if you've heard about it yet, but it's uh, fishing for goodies. It's this fishbowl right here. And so what that is is it's full of questions that we've put in there, um, questions that have come out of the show, and then questions that people who listen to the show have emailed me. And so what I ask is each person draws three things out of there, and then I read them, and then we'll discuss them. Hmm. And what's odd, there's 100 or 200 different questions in there, and... uh, some of the people have actually drawn some of the same ones. 
What is one thing, and this might be interesting to hear your answer actually, what is one thing you would never want to be associated with? What is one thing you would never want to Yeah, that's an odd question considering how much we've talked about, um, you know, not judging. Right. Especially what you're dealing with, too, every day. I mean, what you're seeing, you know, you can't really have and, you know, you almost have to take the opposite and go, well, okay, I can't have a barrier. But maybe there is something that's just like really off limits. And you say, look, we just this is something I just draw a line at. That I wouldn't want to be associated with. Yeah. But it's one thing. That's a pretty broad question. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's hard for me to sit there and, I mean, personally, you know, my mind, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I don't want anybody to ever say that. um, Yeah. That I'm a hypocrite. Right, right. That's that's right. That's why I said that that question's odd. Or or that she doesn't have empathy for people. In this particular, yeah. That's right. Yeah, no, I get it. That's exactly what I thought. You know, or, oh, I mean, that could just be a can of worms for me. Yeah, it would be. Because my mind is always, when I go home, my mind's still turning. Yeah. Did I, did I not say hello to that person? Right. Or was I too hard on somebody? Because what's bad about me is I'm a straight shooter. I Mm -hmm. shoot straight from the hip. And sometimes I shouldn't. Or maybe I should, and and so I'm like, did I re- did I push him over? Yeah, you know, that was I a little too hard on him about just being real. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind. Of, I guess I'm a realist. I just believe in saying no. This is what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I you know, that kind of question is hard for me too. What I've learned, if I'm being really honest, is I like the idea of not having um, a boundary, and I don't mean like. Uh, a free-for-all where anything's right. okay to do. But what I mean is I, I I like to think that I'm open to everybody. But what I've discovered is I don't think those boundaries are there until something and, happens. And then I go, ooh, okay, I'm, I'm feeling my aversion to this or I have to protect. I have to set a boundary right. now. And then I go, well, okay, I found the limits of my compassion. Or not even my compassion. I just found my limits. Well, I think we all have to have boundaries. Sure. Like a safe, like I mean, something to function with. Because this whole time we talked, you know, we talked a lot about how God shapes me and what care help does. And I really try to help people, but I also have to protect care help. Right. That's my job. I have to protect care help. Yeah, if too. you don't, it won't, it won't be there. Right. right. You know, and it starts with the head. And I mean, I'm the director and I do, I'm governed by a board, but... I'm still the head at Care Help, and so I have to make good standards, you know. And, yeah. And and all, my my motto is, you got to be willing to serve in order to lead. Mm. And I, I do, and I expect the people below me to serve too. And so I never want somebody to say she don't do nothing. She just sits in that office, or yeah. you know, <laughs> right. or hey, go see Miss Jody. She'll help you. Well, sometimes we have to have boundaries, and I'm like, I can't help you. Right. You know, I wish I could. Yeah. But you could do this, you know. Yeah. You're you're willing to creatively solve the problem. Yeah. It may not be what the person's right. asking or, or for. Or maybe but. just say, hey, what what is the solution to the problem? Right. So we do have to set boundaries or people's like, well, why can't you pay for that? Or why can't you do that? Or you did this for so-and-so. But it's a case-by-case thing. Yeah. But I do have to set boundaries or it'd be a free-for-all, yeah. you know. Well, see, I think in a way that's that's why I love about these questions. They they generate yeah well, more discussion. Don't want to be associated with yeah. yeah. But in a way, I mean, we have you do answer. You are answering that. I mean, basically, you're saying that 
it is sort of a need by need or it's based on the circumstance. I mean, I would say the same thing in my life. I can sit here and give you a blanket answer and say, oh, I'm totally fine with this and I'm totally not okay with that. And then a thing comes in that if I want to give it a broad stroke, I can throw it in that silo over there and say, well, I don't agree with that. But if I really look at the person and start getting the details, they go, well, it's a little murky. I mean, right. You know, start, they start moving into the... <laughs> a lot of people see black and white. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, I see all the other colors. I'm kind of the same way. And I, I mean, and I know that can be dangerous. Well, it what that be. means is I think it, it ends up creating one, uh, I don't mean this arrogantly, but a gift of discernment. Right. Because then you are looking at the details. I think the details matter. That's right. Especially when it comes to people. I mean, I, I talked about this in an episode that hasn't aired yet, but I used to really judge my father harshly. Um, and granted, I mean, by some people's standards, they go, well, you had a reason to for certain things. But as I've gotten older and I have come to learn of his whole life, what I did not know when I was very judgmental, now I don't have those feelings you because I slack. go, now I know the details and I go, oh, well, I understand where this came from. I see where it was born and why and that he was doing his best. And so now instead of looking on him with judgment, I actually find that I look on him with more love for having right. because I know the details now. So if I have just went black and white, I could have just left, lived over in this one yep. very cold, judgmental place, you know. So, yeah, that's a good Good question and good answers. Um, this is interesting. Nobody's asked this one yet. You can spend the day, a day in the life of anyone in history. <coughs> so you can spend the day in the life of anyone in history. Who is it? Is there some? Is there a? Is there somebody that you go? You know, I would love to know what it was like to be here during this event you know i'm not getting even that's a big one i don't know if i could think of just one i think i'd probably have to like uh i'd have to choose something i think that's uh where where it would i guess not just having the experience but just to see something um i i, I don't know i don't know for me i think there's things like uh I always bring up Gandhi on the show, and I think just witnessing some of the events in his life, you know, I've read about him in some of the books and things like that, and I watched the movie, but I think just actually being there in his, if I could be in his life just for a day to fully understand, not just in this sort of intellectual way, but like to fully comprehend what the fear probably felt like to stand up non-violently in line and, and just walk forward and to take take the punishments and to be beat upon and then to get up and do it again what does that feel like what does that do i mean i think because i know what makes me afraid right and it doesn't take that much to get into my fear territory and i think oh, that, that would be for me one i would think probably if it was just a day just to yeah. take have a takeaway you know <laughs> i don't know i mean i'm sitting i'm like just blank I don't know. I guess I don't ever. Well, you know, I, maybe. And Tom and I talked about this on his. Sometimes people are just in the right place in history. I just don't you know, really. You... Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really ever thought, man, if I could just spend 
the life of somebody else for one day. Yeah. Some people, I think, would take that answer and like just throw it into a life. Oh, I'd love to live this luxurious life. Yeah, and no. I've never had that. I've just, for me, I want to have some takeaway, like right. something to, and maybe that even, uh, that could be interesting too. I mean, if you're not going to, if you're going to, if you're going to spend the day in the life of somebody else in history, but you're still going to be you, maybe it would be interesting to see what extreme luxury and opulence looks like. If if for if for no other reason just to understand to it understand and it. what it do, what it could do to you because I think it could I think it definitely change changes people. Oh, I think it would. Yeah, I mean, I can see how I I read things that uh, that people write or comments they make that are that live in those kind of situations, and sometimes it makes me scratch my head. I'm like, so they don't know. There was something recently in the news. It was uh, some uh, popular. I don't know, a movie star, I'd say, like a celebrity. And they were surprised and were posting on the internet that the day did, was acting as though um, it was a surprise that you put milk in cereal. And I thought it was a joke, but it was real. I was like, oh, they really don't know that these two things go together because they're so just sort of detached from from reality from reality over how the real people live or how the rest of us you know poor right? and i thought that's interesting i said i that's something i guess that just uh, never occurred to me you know yeah, me that, that right so maybe that's, living in a world like that would be interesting if nothing else to get some really heavy takeaways i don't know i mean sometimes it's kind of fun to you know when you travel and you go somewheres and but I wouldn't ever want to live that way. I yeah. just feel so blessed. Yeah. I feel like I am rich. You know, I really, truly do. And I mean, I guess it's because of the nature of what we do at work. But because it's, you just, you, the more you serve people, the more you find out who you are. Mm. You know, you find more of you. Maybe it's like, it's less of you, more of God. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, so you're finding, I mean, you're getting a stark reminder every day of what Absolutely. your blessings are. Of, of to be so thankful. I may have been where some of the same places they've been, but I'm thankful that where I am now, you know, I, I can just look back and see yeah. where other people's carried me. Prayer, um, I don't know. I just can't really think of anything that I would want to go spend a, you know, we could go to biblical times. I mean, yeah, and see some history, a, right? Yeah. But. I don't have like an idol or, you know. Yeah. I have more of a creative mind. Uh huh. So mine's more of the, um, I don't know. I can't think of anybody. Well, you know what? I mean, like I said, I think maybe sometimes we're just fine to be where we are because you found, sounds like you found purpose. And so Absolutely. fantasizing about Absolutely. being somewhere else makes no sense. That, that, you know what? You, that's, that's, I feel like I found purpose. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, a lot of us, that's what we're all, I think we're a all lot of us, for yeah, it. we're looking for something. We want to find meaning. I mean, we want to know right. that something matters. Sure. Um, I've asked this on the show before. Uh, what's the biggest joy thief that you're aware of in your life? What's the biggest thing that steals my joy? Yeah. Man, there's a lot of things that could steal your joy. Yeah. Do you find that happens or a lot? Or you? Um, no, not now. You know, I don't. Because I, I, I know how bad things could be. Yeah. Um, you know, from personal life. Um, you know, my he- my husband's had head and neck cancer, and um, he's five years. Really? Cancer-free. That's So wonderful. I just know how bad it could be. So, and I guess just I know I'm not going to let 
my joy be stolen. Yeah, you've you've you found a place for That's it. Right. It's very secure. That's right. Yeah. Now it's not like I don't have problems. Sure. You know, but when I get up in the morning, I'm thankful, and um, I have grandbabies. My kids are grown, so you know, if I'm watching the grandkids and you get a little stressed, I'm like, I can remember when yeah. I did. Yeah. You know, I miss that, or yeah, I I'm pretty determined that I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy. Well, and you know, I think maybe. <clears throat> the word joy might mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I think it could be mistaken for like temporary happiness. Like, oh, right. I'm so joyful. I'm just like smiling and cheerful. And I, because I, I'm not super happy and cheerful and bouncy. It's not my personality. But, and somebody might say, well, he's just not joyful. But really and truly, I find joy is a little more permanent and longer than, right. than that. For me, joy comes... Well, I went for a nice walk this morning, and it wasn't raining. And I was—I love going for walks in the morning. And blue sky, the sun was coming up, it was cool outside. You know, it just felt good, and I was breathing. And I was like, you know, this—I didn't consciously say, "Oh, this is joy," but when I think on it now, that was joy. It wasn't party streamers everywhere, right? It was just a simple flat. It wasn't joy. a celebration, but it was still joyful. Yeah, yeah. There was a blessing in being able That's to right. breathe and just hear and see, and you know, I think that that. I'm yeah. not a negative person. I mean, most people who've met me, I'm just, I never see the cup even empty. You know, I'm like, there's still a drop there. There's still hope. There's mm. still, so um, it's really hard. I mean, I have bad days, you know, I have disagreements or, or whatever. Sure, I'm sure you get weary but I'm always, like anybody. Yeah, but I'm always the first one to be quick to apologize. And maybe it's just because of where I've been, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm a people person. I am a people person. So. I can tell you're. I mean, this is the first time I've met you, and I mean, when you walked in, I was like, "Oh, just, I feel comfortable yeah. already." <laughs> not like not a stranger yeah, at I'm all. I'm gonna be the one to break the ice, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm joyful all the time. And what a wonderful way to be in your role as a director there, because that's if people are going to encounter you. I mean, whether they be coming in for assistance or if they're working there as a volunteer having that type right. of personality is very disarming and makes people comfortable. And that's what you want to do, you know, because there's 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 no fun in condemnation. Right. And, it's heavy. And people already feel that when they come for help. Yeah. Whether it's help or community service or um they already feel sure condemned oh and, and all that i mean the, the all the negative things the shame society. The, yeah sure i can i know i know that i carried my bag of rocks around for a long time having to ask for help's a terrible thing it's hard yeah you know i mean it really really is i've had to do it and uh you know i haven't talked about this on the show at all but years ago back whenever like i told you i was going to care help uh I remember I was working at a job. It was that during the hurricane, and I had that house that I had rented. The landlords decided they didn't want to rent it to anybody where they were going to tear it down. And so they just evicted me and my kids. And so we had to find a place to live. And it was, I'd say, damn near impossible. There was nothing for rent anywhere because of the whole hurricane. It was right. two hurricanes as everybody was yeah. displaced. There was places in disarray. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm leaving a perfectly good home to do what now? I mean, I have nowhere to go. So we did find a little trailer, but the people renting it were charging way too much. You know, everything was high. And my my uh, employer had cut the pay at the job I was. It was like, hey, you know, keep the job, but I'm, yeah, I, I keep the job, but I'm going to cut your pay. I'm doing this to everybody. 
I decided to stay rather than try to look for new work. And so it made things really hard. And so we uh, signed up for Angel Food, I think was what it was called. And I remember because me and my mom were both splitting like a box or whatever every time we would get it. And so I, my kids were very little and they don't remember right. that time period. But I always tell them, I said, well, there was a time period where what y'all got for dinner for a long time was what we got out of that box almost like the, a commodity yeah i mean whatever we got was what was that and i we stretched it out i mean that was it and they're like i don't i don't remember that you know but it was hard and i mean i, I guess at that time i never thought about asking for help but yeah there was i hate to say it i was i felt it was a little bit of shame and some people don't realize there is help yeah well i mean i don't i do remember feeling less than right. you know i didn't feel like less than a i guess i don't know I don't know how to describe that feeling, but I mean, it was just something particular. It's not the same as feeling. Well, all of us have a little touch of pride. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not prideful, most, of, but we we still have pride. We're pride in who we are, or my legacy, or whatever. You know, and when you find yourself like that, it's hard to ask for help. You might have been the one that was always doing the helping, and then you need help, and that's why we always tell people, don't be ashamed. This is what we're here for. Yeah. You know, we want you to feel comfortable. And and most of the time, our, our, our clients are repeat clients for the food. You know, they sign up for a year. So for one year, they come. They they know. And, and you know, there's laughter and there's tears. I mean, mm. we've lost some to death. And um, some have new babies or grandbabies. And so we share a life with these people for a year or 10 years of it just you know it just depends on the cycle that they're in but they all have a little bit of 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 shame sure because they're like i can't or, or a man comes in like you were saying and he felt like he couldn't provide for his family sure i mean it was a terrible feeling i mean to really kind of be a hard. little bit lost and, Absolutely. and you go man i was doing good and now I'm not. And it was just really literally circumstance. You're going, wow, all these things just aligned. And I mean, that sounds like such a, I guess people don't like that, a victim mentality. But I think back on that time, I'm like, well, I wasn't lazy. Uh, I was working. I was doing what I was trained to do and right. trying to be a father and, you know, do what I was supposed to do. And everything just kind of. It was the went, circumstances. Yeah, circumstances went to crap. And that's what we, that's all we're about. <laughs> that's it. There's people that we've helped one time that we have never seen again. Yeah. You know, and really that's, that's what Carrot was created for, just yeah. for those emergency situations. And it's just kind of evolved through the years. Yeah. God, this has been a real uh, eye opener for me. And I feel like I know so much more. And now I feel honestly a little bit armed now for when people I do encounter absolutely just give us a call if we don't do it we can help find who does do it yeah I feel again sort of ashamed and foolish for not having known as much as I do right now I mean I I think I should have made the effort I feel like to have known this Um, so for people like me who don't know and who want to either volunteer or who need assistance or really whatever want to know more about care help what's the best way to get in touch with y'all just to come over to care help sure. or we, we love to give tours okay we love to show off um so we're at 200 north huntington okay here in sulfur our phone number is 337-528-2273 okay we also have a website it's okay. care-help.org okay 
and we have a Facebook page. Okay. Care Help Us Offer. Do um, can people donate to you through the website? Absolutely. So through our website, our Facebook page, PayPal. Okay, great. Um, you can mail those checks in to us. Yeah. And we also take your un you know your used items too. Yeah. Um, in gentle used condition, appliances furniture clothing i say we take anything that doesn't eat or multiply well i'll tell you this y'all do a good job online because i follow i've over the last months i've come to follow everything your instagram and your facebook page and i was even on there today you know just kind of get some thoughts about what i wanted to talk about which i really had no idea what territory we'd end up in but uh yeah the way it's organized and the way y'all promote everything is very very uh structured in a way that people can consume it's not for anybody that's never been there care helps not just sort of haphazard right i mean everything is sectioned off and organized people are really always well. shocked when they're like this is a thrift store yeah yeah we, we work really hard to make it a very nice i mean we probably have almost twelve thousand square feet of thrift store well you know actually i'm actually I told you the last time I went there. Now that I'm thinking about it, I was wrong. My daughter uh, moved into an apartment not too long ago. She was having a little trouble getting started. And so she found, we finally found her an apartment in Lake Charles. And she didn't have a lot of stuff and a lot of money either. And we went to Care Help and got, you know, pots and pans sure. and dishes. and we uh, good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to kickstart your life and you're uh, especially a... I don't know. Maybe a lot. Of, I think maybe there's a lot of young people that are like, I want the best of the best to start out with. I just wasn't one of those people. I was hand me downs and me too. Bumping. I still like that kind I'm of still stuff. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm still a thrifter. I like to find something and go. Oh, this is yeah. something I can. You know. Um, yeah, I think for a young person, that's what I would do. I'd go find, go to care help and just kickstart. Get get chairs and couches and everything you outlined that that gentleman needed. A refrigerator. That's I mean, right. You know, start start off like that. Really. And every day our inventory changes. Yeah. Every day. Well, it sounds like y'all have donations just coming in all the time. We really do. And we really could use the volunteers. Um, to sort that. To sort that. Yeah. That's something that I think that I hope people will take away from this, too, is that they'll pick up the phone and call. I mean, it sounds like you already have volunteers, but you need more oh, yeah, in, in need certain more. certain aspects. It's Absolutely. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Even if it's a work group. Um because right now we are just swamped with volunt- uh, with donations, to where it was like, okay, that's all we're doing is just swimming. Yeah, you know, we can't we can't touch ground yet and really get moving anything because it's so busy coming in. Yeah, well, like you said, the holidays are sort that's, of a big right. uh, big purging time. So for... when people pull up, they're like, uh, should we drop off here or not? We're like, oh no, we, you know, we'll take it because we do have slow months in donations. But uh, right now, it doesn't look like it's anytime soon, but we're thankful for it. Well, now I know why I've had a hard time getting time for you to get over oh, yeah. here. Now you really Even are. Even today, I was like, man. I thought that, too. I was like, I, I bet you. I got you're... like uh, a couple of missed things about an electricity bill. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. They, can, they can figure it out. Well, I'm glad you came. I Thank mean, you for having I, me. Oh, this has been a real blessing and a treat for me. And it uh, won't be the last time you hear from me either because, I mean, I live here in town and I've, I have a great desire to serve. This show is part of that, but I mean, it's only one part. I mean, it, sitting here and talking is good and getting the word out about things, but I also want to put a little sweat in the sweat into well, it. Well, we'd love you know? to have you. So. I love you just.